Oh, have you seen Food and Ari Elf? No, 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 no. <laughs> December 21st, 2022. This is Rare Encounter. Encounter number 127. Shifting into max count. I'm Abel Kirby. And getting JD with Fox Girl Titty. I'm Cold Acid. Those Fox Girls, man. You gotta watch out for them. Oh, man. There are some nice Fox Girls on uh, Ship Poster Club this morning. Those are some sneaky vixens. Stay away. Don't believe their lies. That's my advice. I want to believe their lies. <laughs> I want to believe. You know... That sounds like a poster that you could probably get. You know, I want to believe, and it's just like a furry on it. You think you could have one of those uh, in your bedroom? <laughs> I don't know. Um, mm. I'd rather have an actual fox girl in my bedroom rather than a furry. What if we compromise? What if it's an just an actual fox? Is it at least female fox? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it could be a female. Yeah, they'll rip up your bed sheets just like anything. It's this scare away- might be acceptable. Scare I'm away the animals. Sure. You know, it's uh, who knows what's going to happen. Oh, those wild animals. You could have a fox. You could have a bat. You could all have all kinds of stuff in there. If you leave the window open, you know, they just come inside. You don't even have to ask them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I heard you got your uh, car back. Yes, like I did. Your car back. Could we toast to that Finally. day? Yes, we can. All right. Thank God I've got it back because if I had to deal with that Kona much longer, I would lose my shit. <laughs> Was that uh, a refreshing beverage that I heard open? Yes, lime flavored. Was it what I think it is? It is. Haritos! <laughs> nice. And I've got a uh, black and tan yingling. Uh, not the Chinese brewer, as some people have falsely stated, but the oldest brewery in America, I think, the Pennsylvanian one. Very huh. cool. Well, a toast to the return of the rogue. Return of the rogue. All right, cheers, buddy. May it never need to go in the shop again. All right, cheers. (laughs) That's a lame toast. (laughs) In terms of the clinking of the the bottles here. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to clink against a sock-covered microphone. (laughs) Sock-covered microphone. Jeez! That's some ghetto stuff. (laughs) Well, hey, it, it works. It works. I mean... And everybody has socks. <clears throat> Who needs to go out buy a buy a specialized pop filter when you have socks? Yeah, I mean you can skip the middleman, just put the sock right in your mouth. You'll be good to go. It's the same thing. Well, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm very used to having feet in my mouth, anyways. <laughs> well, I saw some cool things. I saw some stuff on the Fediverse uh, that I wanted to mention right off the show, and I, I hope I'm not stepping on your toes. But ow. I saw the teletext uh, Mastodon uh, Python script. Did you see this by Robert Hampton on Mastodon.social? No, I, I did not see this. No, this was a Python script that takes mast- his Mastodon feed and turns it into teletext pages and uh, displays them, I presume, on a CRT. I think it's a screenshot. I'm not sure exactly what it's being displayed on, but it uh, looks pretty cool. Uh, you know, it has... That retro looking, it doesn't look too retro. I mean, it looks like something from the mid-90s to me. Maybe actually a little bit later. Uh, but looks nice. I like the the colors and the font. And it just, uh, you know, I'd like to have this up on a monitor. Because I'm not a huge fan of social media. But I would like to have a monitor that just displays, you know, whatever the timeline is. Maybe so I could reference it. 
or but, just whatever, whatever, whatever is like adding at you or certain hashtags, right? Mm. Just, I think this would be a cool like bonus monitor. And these days you can buy extra monitors that plug in through, I think it's just USB three, but it may be other, uh, there may be other USB, like USB two might be able to handle it also, but you can plug it in. I think it needs an external power supply, but you can get a small monitor kind of cheap that you can just put off on the side. And yeah. so maybe I should get one of those for the chat and for, uh, for social media. And this Python script seems like it's right up my alley. I, I think I should look into it. Um, there's now this other thing is something that, uh, is that I've been waiting for, for a while. <laughs> I thought so. I knew about it, but I hadn't seen any screenshots of it until now. Mm -hmm. And that's Amidon, the Mastodon client for Amigos. Mm. This one looks pretty slick. This one showed up by, it was Midwan at Mastodon.social and has Amidon uh, progress update with some screenshots. There's another post with even more screenshots, but I think you get the gist of it from uh, the ones that I capped. The uh, interface looks like a classic computer interface. I like that they have the little logo on there. <laughs> and if I had the computer to run this on, then I, I might try. But maybe, maybe you're the guy to, uh, to install this and tell us how it, how it is. Yeah. Well, now that I know that it's available, I'm going to have to. And yeah, I've known of Midwan for a while because he's, I mean, he, he's a guy who's around in the Amiga community. I didn't know that he was on, uh, he was on uh, Fetty yet, though. Yeah, Mastodon.social. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, on Mastodon.social instead of a, a cool instance, but I mean, I can live with that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that would, uh, I wasn't sure if you'd seen those or not, but I'm, I'm, uh, want to share the joy because I thought, and sometimes I'm a little cold, cold on these, uh, uh, retro computing projects, but I, I actually really like these. Um, they, uh, they look nice. I think that's what sells me the most on them. And they sound like something that I would actually use if I had the hardware for it. So. Or the software. I mean, you can, if you picked up, uh, if you picked up, uh, Amiga Forever, there's a nice out-of-box uh, Amiga 3 OS experience. Uh, an out-of-box experience. Could, yeah, <laughs> that, you could, uh, that you could play around with. It's not, it's not too expensive to, to pick it up. Uh, latest version just dropped, like, this week or last week. Uh, version 10, so, yeah. If you, so then you can play around with it, too. And join me in the awesomeness that is the Amiga operating system. <laughs> I've I've never actually used it, but I I give it a shake. I think it'd you be should fun give it to a shot. Out. Yeah, yeah. How what's the price point on uh, on uh, getting a system working? I think it's like thirty bucks US. Whoa, that's not much at all. <laughs> the uh, the company that produces it also has C sixty four forever, which is a similar thing, but instead of around Amiga emulation, it's around the entire set of 8-bit Commodore systems that are emulated by Vice. And it comes with a bunch of games and demos and stuff in all these cases as well. So it's not like you're just paying for the uh, the emulator and the launcher. In the in the case of in the case of the Commodore 64, I mean Vice and all the 8-bit ROMs that you'd need are free and available just like by downloading and compiling Vice. Mm. 
But uh, yeah, nice, uh, nice launching experience so that you can like start something right away instead of having to like run the emulator, set up the emulator, uh, figure out how to attach disk images and then do the whole load uh, star run thing. Right. You know, we were talking about hardware emulation a little bit today with uh, one of my coworkers. And you know what came up in the conversation? What came up in the conversation? Nesticle. Ooh, there's an old one. <laughs> That's a great one, isn't it? That's the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System emulator. It's called Nesticle. And if I remember right, the icon for it was just a pair of hairy balls that you can put on your Windows desktop. Yep. <laughs> that was a great sense of humor. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was. It was not the best, but it was pretty damn good for its time. That's for sure. I played a lot of games on this Z SNESW. Um, Z SNES W was the um, Super Nintendo emulator that I liked. And it always had this really cool screen when you um, pause the game to, it, when you paused emulation to go to the emulator's menu, it put an overlay with like snow falling on it, uh, like single pixel snow, white pixels of snow. It turned the, the thing you're looking at into a grayscale. It was very uh, aesthetic. And I saw some pictures of that floating around on the Fediverse too, and it made me all nostalgic, made me want to go play um, some game like Chrono Trigger or maybe Secret of Mana, you know, some game like that. What what's really important, I think, nowadays with uh, with emulators is is the visual is the visuals. Like, I mean, you and me, we're we're from the era where games were played on CRTs, and yes. CRTs display very differently from LCD monitors. So we need the things like the scan lines showing up, and I need an electron beam, you know, shooting stuff right into my eyeball, or <laughs> or at least or at least a good. Fi- the simile of one right mm. so these days like 8-bit and 16-bit and even some early 32-bit systems like you can emulate them uh at speed or even better than uh, than their original speeds but when you're dealing with when you're dealing with like today's monitors and things like square pixels it really changes it really changes the feel of the games i mean you look at you look at the resolutions you had on like a three like a four by three monitor right back in the day, mm-hmm. and you're dealing with six hundred forty uh, horizontal pixels by two hundred vertical right, which is definitely not a four three ratio. <laughs> so it's like the pixels are actually tall right sort of thing, and so you have to like figure out how to make how to make it work like that. Uh, there are things like yeah the uh, the light decay from uh, from when it's been so long since the since the electron beam hit a particular phosphor element right yes. so you get the scan you get the scan lines too because I mean with those systems like it would do all the even all the even lines and then it would do all the odd lines right you know, called what we can do once we have quantum computers is we can actually model that excited triplet state. Uh, that the phosphor gets thrown into when, yeah, when it hits hit, right? And we can accurate, we can actually, for the first time, accurately model those molecules. Yeah, but and that's we what don't I, have to. We don't have to. I mean, given given the state of modern computer graphics, we can definitely we can definitely like make it like 
99.9% accurate in terms in terms of how it looks, right? I want to make it 100% accurate. I want to have a quantum computer if you want that simulates one pixel. Accurate, then we need then we need to bring back CRTs. That's the o- that's the only true way of doing it. <laughs> but I no, bring I want to emulate the CRT. it. I don't want I want real CRTs. Man, I miss those things. I know they're like just like they're they're death machines. I mean, you drop one on your foot, there goes your foot. You you open one up and you touch it even if it's unplugged and you electrocute yourself to death. But still, I mean, those things, those babies were just classic. What I would give, what I would give for a working Commodore 1702 monitor today. Jeez, I I just think with 2 to the 22 qubits, we could accurately model a uh, uh, a couple pixels of a CRT. Like, perfectly accurate, you know? We'll, we'll model the quantum state of every single part of it. Now that, remember, that's all we need. Now remember, CRTs don't have pixels. The they phosphors. have phosphor elements. Yes. And, and like, the pixels are are totally an artifact of your of your graphics card and the and the the DAC in it, right? To convert mm. to convert the the image that's being stored on the on the graphics card or graphics processor and turn it into the actual analog signals that tell the electron beam when to when to light up certain bits, right? Interesting. I yeah, actually that, didn't that, know that's that. not that's not a, that's not a that's not a good way of explaining. It. Uh Anybody who anybody who like wants to have a decent understanding of how the CRTs actually work and how things get drawn on them, Racing the Beam was was a book that was written about the Amiga twenty six hundred development and what they had to do to make games work on it. Because I mean that thing had two hundred fifty six bytes of RAM, if I'm not mistaken. And you were you were pretty much your your graphics controlling in the game was pretty much telling what the what the beam to do on the on the screen as it's actually sending the as it's actually sending like the visual uh, chrome and luma data over the wires from the box. Mm. No, I think this is. This is maybe worthwhile to get into a deeper discussion of someday, and I think I might have someone who you might find interesting. Uh, maybe we can talk about something like this. On um, next week's episode of Rare Encounter, I was telling you before the show, I've got a guy lined up I'm going to interview, and uh, he happens to have a background in some of this material, um, nice. especially analog television, uh, broadcast, TVRO, um, uh, all kinds of all kinds of um, topics including vacuum tubes and, and uh, the theory and the evolution of amplifiers and I, I think he's, he'd be a fun interview and so I've uh, I've lined them up we're going to record a canned show uh, for basically the end of the year and my thought was that we just record it and then post it on Wednesday the 28th and that way we can take the whole week off yeah it works for me yeah I'm glad that's the uh, the plan I've been promoting with everyone else so it's uh, <laughs> with <laughs> Though I think I, I feel like I, I talked to you about this before, and then uh, I guess I didn't get the point. Yeah, across. but we I don't think we've really talked about it on the air. Yeah. Okay. Yes. We sh- so maybe this is the announcement. Uh, there'll be a 
canned episode next week of Rare Encounter. We're, we'll we'll get into maybe we'll get into that. I don't know. It'll be a free form interview. It should be. Pretty we'll get cool. into we'll get into the can like like Prince Albert. Oh yeah. <laughs> so chasing. I wrote down flicking the bean. What was the name of the documentary? Chasing Chase, the beam. Chasing the beam. There we go. And it's an actual book. <laughs> book. There you go. Um, yeah, it's not a documentary. I'm sorry. It's, it's this sounds like uh, something that'd be up my alley. I think it would be. Yes. So, what do you have for your uh, any topic? Racing today? the beam. Racing the. Racing beam. the beam. There it is. Not chasing. Chasing racing. Flicking, yeah, picking. No, no, di- no, no big difference, right? Oh. <laughs> if you could find the beam, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> what flicking do you got called? Save me. <laughs> what was that? Flicking the beam. Flicking the beam. What do you got called? I got, uh, I, I came across this uh, searching, searching for the ending theme, the full version of ending theme for one of the shows I'm watching this season. I've found this in the search results a site called animethemes.moe animethemes.moe let me pop that one open and it is it is a it is a database slash player for anime opening and ending themes interesting yeah now now the sad thing for me about this is that it it's just like the the 90 second openings and closings it's not it's not like the full length versions are anywhere here but for one thing, if you if you know if you know you want to find a a song and it was the opening or closing of a anime and you don't know the name of it, well, this makes it easy to find. Uh, even like has has like shows by season. You can search by name, and then for each for each epi- or for each show, it will list the opening and ending themes. And for shows that like have multiple, like say, say it as like an ending theme for most of the episodes, but a couple of episodes have a different one, right? Mm-hmm. It'll still list those there. And so you'll get the name, you'll get the performers, and in most cases, you will get a video, like the the credits, the opening credits or ending credits video with the music attached for it. So for example. We can take the ending theme from Do It Yourself. <laughs> right? So it's it's a it's a useful little tool, and I'm I'm surprised that I've never seen this before, and that and more than that is that nobody actually pointed this to me in all the in all the Fetty anime community. I would have expected to see it show up once or twice at least in in posts but no like this is totally new to me okay i'm looked i looked up neon genesis evangelion and yes they do have a bunch of different versions of fly me to the moon excellent it, ha- it looks like they have them all <laughs> all the different versions of the same song uh this is excellent <laughs> ding dong that is good that is good yeah so you can i think they sold an album of that they had a soundtrack for neon genesis evangelion one of the discs on it was just all of the versions of fly me to the moon because they had one for every episode that was slightly different they they re-recorded it with a different cast and uh different backing music but it was always the same song so if you want to listen to 26 uh copies of fly me to the moon that are all slightly different maybe you could watch endless eight right after and it uh it would it'd be a, make a weekend out of it. 
but uh, yeah, it, that would take more than one CD, wouldn't it? Ah, mm. uh, well. I mean, you get seventy-four minutes normally, eighty minutes maximum on a CD. Twenty-six, so twenty-six times of "Fly Me to the Moon" being sung. I mean, it's not that long a song, but I'm pretty sure you're still running towards like the uh, the full use of the CD. Oh, you got to use it. You got to use the whole thing. Yeah. Well, we had uh, some stuff that I thought was kind of interesting going on. Uh, I, I encountered some greenhouses. Recently. Greenhouses? Some greenhouses. Tell me about these greenhouses. Well, I was driving on the 401, and I was driving at night. Um, I was, so I was down between London and Windsor, and I was looking out one of my windows, and I thought the sun was setting. So I'm looking over to my left, and I said, wow, that's weird. It seems a little late for the sun to be setting, but it kind of looks like it is. And I drove a little bit more. I said, no, that's weird. It's uh, the sun. First off, the sun sets to the west. It doesn't set to the south. So that's bonkers. And I got really confused. I'm looking up and the sky is bright yellow. Like it's orange. You know, it looks like uh, the sun was setting behind the clouds for a, for a moment. And then I realized and it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't like the lights up the poles along the 401 no it wasn't and it was here's the thing that it's hard to describe i hope this comes across to the listeners um that it looked like a volumetric light it didn't look like there was a single point light that was you know like a spotlight or a floodlight that was coming from a point and being projected up into the sky you could tell because there was a little bit of fog around and so you could see the columns coming up and there was actually a few of them just of these these big um, like columns of light. And it looked like at first they were coming down from the sky. And then I realized they were actually coming up from the ground. It was just the weirdest thing. And I had no clue. I was just completely lost as to what this could be. Why is someone lighting up the sky? There's a lot of power, you know, illuminating the undersides of all the clouds here. And it it was so damn bright. I thought it was a sunset. But uh, I ended up writing down the position that I was in and did a little bit more research after, like I found where I was. And it turns out that stretch of road, I think it's about 20 miles across between the lake. Uh, I guess you have Lake Erie on your left in Ontario. And uh, it's like 20 miles. Well, if, short. La if Lake Erie is on your left, Lake Ontario is behind you. Uh, lake, um, it's, it's a very small stretch. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not Lake, uh, like Ontario's behind you. It's uh, uh, Lake St. Clair is the small little lake there. Yeah. And uh, I'm getting a little bit confused here. Yeah, okay. So I got away from Ontario. I never really got close enough to Huron. So it's Lake Erie, but then it's not it's not Lake Erie to Lake Huron. It's Lake Erie to uh, this Lake St. Clair. So you're kind of between two shores and it's pretty short. I think it's like 15 miles across there. So there's not a lot of ground to cover. I knew, and that's where I was. So I started looking around. I looked up some of the towns and some of the news and I found out what was going on. It was actually, there's a bunch of greenhouses around there. And if the reason I know they're greenhouses, because I started reading the local news and it's full of these stories of the residents complaining about light pollution. And they've had protests for years. And I, I linked uh, one of the articles I came up with from the CBC. Lakeshore residents say they don't support large-scale greenhouses. And one of the things that they're really pissed about um, is the light pollution that they cause because the, the greenhouses have lights on at night and they have a lot of lights on at night. So it's like having this big array of lights 
um, which is why it looked like a column of light. It's why it didn't look like a point source because it was this huge areas of glass topped greenhouses with lights on inside that were lighting up the, the sky. It sounds like the manufacturers had recommended having blackout shutters on the top that, you know, open during the day to let the sunlight in. Then at night, when you turn on the artificial lights, you roll these things over. And but they were too cheap to do that. They huh? were too cheap to buy them, and they just light up the light up the night sky, so you can't see anything uh, if you're looking for stars. If you want to be connected to, you know, the greater universe by stargazing, you can't do it in this part of Canada because you can't see shit. To uh, be fair, in that part in that part of of Canada, even without them, there's going to be too much light pollution for that. You want you want somewhere where you can see all the stars in the sky? Well, you're going out uh, even past my way. You're going further east and north mm. to uh, to. There's a few spots that are that are dedicated to like no light pollution at all in this area. Mm-hmm. That uh, that are good for that. But uh, I mean, anywhere anywhere in southwestern Ontario or. In the GTA, right, these are not places where, where, like, you really have that much of a leg to complain about light pollution, because everywhere has got, like, the street lights and everything. And just just the ordinary street lights, enough to, like, fuck with your, with your night vision. Yeah, I, I've been to a town, um, call back to last episode, Flagstaff, Arizona has um light pollution uh rules for street lights so they have salt lamps and they're all pointing down because they have the lowell observatory uh somewhere nearby lowell observatory yeah it's in flagstaff and uh they which i think is named after the same family who was prominent in lowell massachusetts uh which is lowell. a fun fun connection uh, i used to live up up that way anyway so up 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 uh up in uh in York region here in the GTA there's uh there used to be an observatory as well up in the up in the Oak Ridge's Marine and I think it's been closed for over a decade because there's just been so much development that uh, it wouldn't work anymore and it was run by University of Toronto. Mm. So anyway, back to these greenhouses. I want to tell you the plight of these uh these residents a little bit. They, they don't like the fact that there's light pollution, but they also don't like the fact that the – it sounds like the greenhouses are mainly producing um, food for export, which I presume means export to China. It's not clear where, where they're exporting to, but I, it doesn't sound like they're, they're um, using this food to feed Canadians. It, I, my guess is that it's international export or uh, – and so they've set these things up, and they use up all the water in the area from the municipal water supply, and they want the residents to pay for an expanded water treatment plant so they can have more water to grow their plants with. Yeah, that's bullshit. You know, but they, they should be paying for that. Exactly. So there's a number of protests. They just act – they um, pass some laws that say, well, you need to at least have these shutters on order to retrofit your greenhouse by some time, I think in early 2023. And So it was – Interesting little rabbit hole. I had no so, idea. So this article, this article, I just started reading it. Apparently, apparently, um, I'm not seeing anything about export, about like food for export. I'm seeing stuff about they're growing weed. There are a ton of greenhouses. It's not one. It's many, many uh, greenhouses, and they're all there because it's really cheap, and uh, they thought they could get away with it. 
is my take. So this is, you're right, this article I linked was one of probably six that I read through or at least skimmed. I probably read seriously one or two and then skimmed the rest of them. But the the troubles are, they go back further. So this is an article from 2022. I was seeing stuff from from four years earlier um, with different discussions of the different uh, lighthouse, uh, lighthouses, greenhouses. I guess they're kind of like lighthouses. They're, they're lighthouses. So anyway, that was it. That was the mystery solved. I got some, some photos. I didn't take these photos. I cribbed them from some other articles out there where you can see the glow on the, the sky. And then there's some close-ups of some lighthouses. Oh, I said it again, of some uh, greenhouses. Some of the lights were purple in some of the photos and I didn't grab any pictures of the purple lights, but some of them were unnatural colors and that was really creepy to see those. I'm glad that I didn't see those in person. It sounds like they got shut off already, but they would have these bright, like pink purple lights, um, which I suppose is a kind of grow light. I don't know. I don't do, uh, I don't do greenhouse stuff. So yeah, but neither do I, it it was such a weird, unnatural color to see, uh, the sky at at night glowing this color. You know, it looks like something out of a horror movie or, uh, maybe like after the nuclear apocalypse. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, that's my, uh, that's my little story about this, these lights from heaven. So you, you had, you had a story about something that's, uh, that's annoying and frustrating. I have one too. Oh yeah. Hit me. Yeah. So, I mean... I've not really kept it uh, a secret, but I don't think people really realize that. I've been a, I've also been a huge fan of Stargate SG One uh, <laughs> for for the longest time, and so there was a uh, there was an attempt to do a uh, to do a new series from uh, from the guys who produced the the TV series uh, before, but. Apparently, it looks like nothing's going to come of that. Instead, now that uh, now that Amazon owns MGM, Ugh. it looks like they want to do a reboot. God, is it going to have Brad Wright and Robert C. Cooper? No, uh, it does not seem. To, it seems like uh, it seems like in fact, uh, Wright is probably not going to be a part of it and i would not be surprised if uh joe malozzi isn't a part of it either Jeez, mm. and so i'm guessing new cast well yeah if it's going to be a reboot it's definitely going to be a new cast uh, right Ah, that's a shame yeah no more <laughs> a whole new o'neill yeah to be to be fair the this the tv series and the and the made for TV movies associated with it were a hell of a lot more enjoyable than the original movie. Hmm. Yeah, I I am in full agreement with you. I I don't understand what people see in that original movie other than it being a they just okay like, they sci-fi just like flick. Kurt Russell and James Spader, I suppose. It's definite it's it's not as good in terms of the the, the uniqueness of SG-1 as a television show was something really special. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was funny. It had action. It had a lot of things going for it. And the movie was – it didn't hit those same tones, and I don't think it was as enjoyable compared you know, to SG-1. I, think that, I mean I – I did like the movie, but as soon as I as soon as I saw like SG one and everything, like them could just forget about the movie. Yeah, 
I think I think what it is is like I don't know. Emmerich has not really made much stuff that like really sticks out well in a good way. Other than uh, other than of course Independence Day. Now I want to I want to pick on Ice Cube Soup in the chat here. He says he uh, wants more Stargate Universe, and by pick on I mean completely agree with. I thought Stargate Universe was fun. It was a different take. It was and uh, and what Wright was working on would have connected back to it as well. And yes, it was. Uh, I mean, in some ways, it was suffering from uh, BSG syndrome. It was. Yeah, that's exactly what was going on. It, they want the I mean, it was, Battlestar. It was not, yeah, it was not. It was not like SG one where it's action, action, comedy, sci-fi, or. Or like Atlantis, which is action sci-fi with a touch of comedy sci-fi, right? It was just like, yeah, it it was, it was, uh, yeah. It they combined a lot of really enjoyable things about it, Stargate Atlantis, especially those early um, seasons where they're just discovering this facility and what goes on and how does it work and what are we gonna do and what are the problems, you know, the that completely blank page that you have to kind of fill in um how like the, how does everything the, the work fact, that was so fun to get through and stargate the, universe the, did the same yeah. thing universe universe was uh was also like i mean yeah a bsg syndrome but it was also like yeah definitely a fresh and useful take on stargate where it's like you know kind of kind of like remember sliders I do. I didn't right? watch much, but I definitely, I do remember it. Sliders or Quantum Leap, where it's yes. like you're going, like you're trying to find the way home sort of thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it was, it was like that, but on a spaceship with Stargates. Now, I was alerted to uh, the existence of a Battlestar series I did not know about. It was something from the 80s, I think, where they actually, in the original um, Battlestar, yeah, there was the they, they, there was the seventy nine the series in seventy nine, and then there was like a sequel series, uh, Battlestar Galactica nineteen eighty or yeah, something. Galactica nineteen eighty, where they land on Earth, and I've been yeah. told this is pretty enjoyable. Uh, so, I think it'd be, uh, I think it'd be fun to watch. I'm reading the the article saying, "Hey, we don't like it because it wasn't in space," but that sounds pretty interesting. Lauren Green yeah. on back on Earth. Lauren Green, yeah. And then he, that's how the Ponderosa got started. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't watch any of it, but it sounds like something I want to check out. You watched the A-Team, right? I've seen it. I, I, one, one of the thing, of one of the things that, that I always got a chuckle out of is in the opening credits for A-Team, like there's this one scene where like a Cylon or two goes walking by and face it just <laughs> like it does a double take. Because, of course, same actor for, uh, I think he was Starbuck in the original Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Right? So that was always funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And while we're, while we're on that, while we're on that, uh, somebody went from flying to flying crazy to just being Starship crazy. I remember Dwight Schultz, he was, uh, oh, I forget his character's name, right? But he was the he was the crazy the crazy pilot guy, and then he was uh, Barkley in uh, in Next Generation. Okay, I know Barkley. I didn't. Uh, I don't know what the other character you're referring to. I can't think in of the I can't think of the names for him. 
Murdoch, Sir Bemrose. Thank you, Sir Bemrose. <laughs> Murdoch, Howlin' Mad Murdoch. Howlin' Mad Murdoch. That's a good one. That might. Yeah, and and Sir Bemrose, Sir Bemrose fact checks me. Uh, fact check true about uh, Dirk Benedict being Starbuck as well as face. <laughs> Thank you, y- Sir Bemrose. Yes, face from the A team. I'm bad with some of these names. I only watched a couple. Uh, if it was on, I might watch it, but I wasn't a follower of many of these shows. I did watch. Uh, I I loved I loved my classic TV. Man, man, when I was when I was like 100% neat, I would spend I would spend like my evenings and nights watching the retro TV channel that we had on that we had on cable where we lived. And so, yeah, I'd be watching, like, all these great old shows. So, yeah, there'd be A-Team, there'd be Battlestar Galactica, Green Acres. Green Acres, jeez. What was it? Adam-12, Dragnet, right? I Dream of Genie, Bewitched. Oh, yeah, that was good. You know, what's her name? Barbara Eden. Yeah, back in... She thinks she's still around, too. Let's see. I'm not sure, but you know how she was back in those days. God damn. Barbara Eden, age 91, lives in Tucson, Arizona. Hey, now you got a reason to go to Tucson. Dude, she is she is nowhere near as hot and sexy now as she was back then. Oh, unfortunately. Man. And think- I mean, I mean, last episode was the Gilf episode, not this one. <laughs> I'm just saying, you can put some ice cubes down your pants and then uh, take a take a quick flight over there, a quick jaunt. Say uh-huh. hi, say hi to Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara is listening. Says carb. Oh things. no! <laughs> oh no! Classic TV. I like it. Uh, I'm. Yeah, you know, they, they don't make shows like that anymore, man. And they totally should. Yeah. Instead, no, they're making all the all these fucking like SJW driven directfests and and yet another Law and Order and all this other stuff that uh, that pays the bills but is utterly devoid of any creativity or enjoyment on the part of the cast and crew. You're right? just like. Just the uh, S- Stargate SG-1 uh, reboot. They're going to start promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion among the uh, different aliens they encounter through the Stargate. Yeah, oh my, oh my god. Can you, can you imagine <laughs> that? It's like, it's like, I'm here to take over Earth, says the Gould. And it's like, um, excuse me, Ms. Gould. Uh, you have to use my pronouns. We can't. We don't know Apothesis pronouns, so we, we don't know yeah. how to send this angry letter. we don't know we've written two versions we've written two versions of the letter and then we realized we'd have to write even more (laughs) just to be safe they're ready to deploy (laughs) don't don't forget the uh like demisexual ori the ori yeah they were kind of eunuch kind of looking people weren't they well kind of more like asexual because they've just been like energy blasted into like brainless they, brainless monks for for they, their ascended gods they were energy blasted till their dick fell off <laughs> now i've heard of flavor blasting uh i've had some of those flavor blasted goldfish i've never had energy blasted goldfish 
It sounds maybe we're coming full circle to the CRT business. If you sit maybe. in front of a CRT, <laughs> you become energy blasted. Maybe. Maybe if you watch you watch a commercial, you get flavor blasted too. Yeah. Now here's so here's something here's something else. Changing the topic. Uh, here's something that you know would totally have been like a big news story for us back in April had we seen this article back then. In Japan, they're using giant robots to build railways, and not just that, they're VR-controlled giant robots. Oh no, that sounds dangerous. Virtual reality-controlled railway mecha. <laughs> they're laying down Dude, some rails. This, this sounds like <laughs> this sounds like every every like isekai otaku's like wet dream. There we go. There we go. Next. Next year, there's got to be an anime about building railways in another world. Building bonus points if it has multi-tack drifting. Oof, ah, oof, ah. You know what that is called? Oof. What's that? Ah, that's the sound of the men working on the railroad. That's how it goes. I was working on the chain gang. Yeah, but the chain gang's working on the railroad today. Okay. <laughs> If you say so. I Okay, I was going to say chain gang, and then I thought, I don't know if it's going to be obvious enough, so I said railroad instead. It, it, I figured it wouldn't matter because no one would know what the song was. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean... said anything. So this this uh, this article opens up about, like, mentioning uh, VR convenience store employees, uh, remote-controlled bomb squad bots, and a... Rather unsettling headset that uses a robotic arm to hand feed delicious candy. <laughs> okay, Serpent gets the cake here. He calls it listening to that horn in another world. Yes. <laughs> All right, Bravo, Serpent. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'll drink to that. That's a good one. So there's a there's an interesting picture in this article of what look yeah it looks like. A transformer on a pole, uh, working on some stuff along the along the railway tracks. And these are dual rail railways; they're not single rail railways. Like a I mean, don't you always rail? have like? No, these are these are like your regular railways. Oh, no monorails. No, <laughs> no. That's good. I hear those things are awfully loud. It glides as softly as a cloud. Is there a chance the track will bend? Not on your life, my Hindu friend. <laughs> what about us brain dead slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. Oh, God, we're doing it. I can't believe we're doing it. I don't remember how it goes after that. I have to. Uh, Were you sent off. here by the devil? <laughs> no, good sir. I'm on the level. <laughs> monorail, monorail. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like. Look at the pictures in this article. Is that not cool? Let's see. Building railways. I I I like the description of of them as like blue collar transformers. <laughs> it's like Elysium. Do you, you ever see Elysium? No, I didn't. Okay, blue collar transform. They had blue collar mecha. They were um, exoskeletons, and they like worked in factories and mines and stuff. You know what else had? You know what else had blue collar mecha? Or Pat Labor. Pat Labor. Oh, that one's coming back now. I didn't watch yeah. it yet. But I mean, like, the whole idea behind it was, like, it was, like, real robot to the point of, like, no hand wavium at all involved. Like, 
we could have like those sort we could have like pat labors with like our modern day technology pretty much i do like this it, it so we haven't given the full description i'm going to do this so that the people who are listening can understand this looks like a a boom like on a cherry picker but it's a very large boom it's it's carries much more mass much, much more weight than that and at the top of the boom is like a torso and at the top of the torso is ki kind of like a orange and black ai like a mecha um set of arms with human style articulations for elbows and wrists and it has grabber claws clamper style claws and it's almost like if you had a puppet that was at the end of a long stick and you could like wave the stick over there and have the have the puppet grab stuff for you yeah. don't it's like forget, a little person it also right? has a head and it has a head which looks like it just has a camera on a box a pair of cameras so that you can get like the proper stereo vision. Oh yes, now in stereo vision. Well, I mean, you need you you really want that, right? I mean, even in VR games, right? It's rendering it's rendering the scene twice from very close uh different camera positions, right? Mm. With and an then that and then that's what's being displayed on the on the screens in your VR headset. Well, these look like they're pretty far apart. So the interocular distance between these two cameras looks pretty damn wide. They're much wider than a pair of eyes. So you well, must get some crazy stereoscopic uh, vision. Not really, because I think I think it, it scales up with the whole size of the thing, anyways. <laughs> so it's like it's rather than things being like really big, you're wearing this and things are like at a more manageable size now, right? Because instead of just being like your human size, you're this transformer size. Hmm. That must be awesome to pilot. I know. I want one. Cold acid, get in the robot. Get in the robot! Damn right! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is cool. I, they actually posed it for one of the pictures. I just realized that looking at um, one of the pictures where it's uh, it's just a publicity shot they did. Uh, it's near the bottom of the article. It's actually doing a pose. Yeah. It, and so they've positioned it on purpose to make it look like it's looking at the camera and it's got its arms down. And it, it's um, looking it's, it's no, actually, the pose is like, you want to go? The pose is look at me. I'm pretty damn handsome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, look at my blue jeans. <laughs> One of the other ones, it's like... Oh, sorry, babe, I got a hydraulic leak. <laughs> One of the other ones, it's like, it's got like a, uh, it's got like a clamp on a pole that it's like using, like, you know, the, you know, the old per, the old person grabber things? Yeah, the grabber claw. It's like, a, yeah, it's like a, it's like a giant, it's like a giant grabber claw that it's using to like about to manipulate something. That's pretty awesome. You don't see robots use tools often. You see robots with um, maybe a tool at the end of a robotic arm. Maybe it's a, a yeah, tool they're, tip they're, for they're a, with that, a drill or a yeah, welder. There are things that are built in. You don't see robot hands holding a tool and manipulating it the way a person would. On on the other hand, when the robot when the autonomous robots start using tools, I mean, <laughs> it's that that's probably going to be it for us. At, when they're at that level of intelligence, and there's not somebody who's articulating it for it to use a tool, but they're doing so on their own, humanity is fucked. This robot basically just plays with Legos all day. 
What a lucky robot. I wish I played with Legos all day. Well, we get some people who play with Legos all day in our podcast rundown. You want me to jump into that? Yeah, run it down. All right. So uh, this is Rare Encounter. RareEncounter.net is our website. We do the show live every Wednesday with Cold Acid and myself. You can go uh, and listen to us at 7 p.m. Eastern live. If you go to RareEncounter.net, there's some links for that. Uh, in a page where you can listen and chat along, join our chat, and uh, you can be like Sir Pet and give us one-liners and make us laugh on the show. Um, we also do some value for value uh, on this show to support it, which means that we don't charge you to listen. You can listen for free. It's out there. It's up there. Uh, but uh, if you get something out of it, if you find some cool facts or some information, you find yourself enjoying the show and listening to it, then uh, you can always send us whatever you think it's worth back and we don't put a price on it. We leave that up to you. So if you think it's worth anything, uh, just send it back. We'll, we'll take PayPal. You know, we're talking about money usually. But if you all have a story, I solicit stories from people, but I often uh, I don't get them or I get stories that are, you know, not really stories. Uh, my favorite is when I get a at mention on um, on a Fediverse post where it's like, look, it's a picture of a potato. And I'm like, okay, but that's not a story for the show, you know? And I, I appreciate that. Keep the potatoes flowing. But the, uh, the submissions for stories are always welcome as long as it's suitable for the show. And if you've been listening for a while, you know, the kind of stuff we like to talk about, you know, it gets us excited. Yeah. Uh, whatever's, whatever's not suitable for polite company is essentially suitable for yeah. us, right? We have a pretty wide berth of things, uh, mostly not safe for work, but we'll talk about, uh, maybe we'll talk about one of those uh, right after this. There's some other podcasts out there I like to mention too, because I enjoy other podcasts and uh, I want to give them little shout outs on the show. And I like to do it once a week and mention their latest episode. So Hog Story had episode 331, Hooting a Boot. That a was boot? Hooting a? a Boot. Hooting a Boot. Uh, so the owl, okay, has flown oh. down into the shoe store and it sees and then hoots a boot. So it's not it's not a boot hooting a boots then, eh? It's about hooting a boots. And every, every boot I ever hooted, I never, I never hooted a bad boot, you know. <laughs> Behind the Schemes had episode 131, Party First, Freedom Later. And they had Malachi and Monty on, which you, I haven't heard those guys on Behind the Schemes in a long time. Uh, Grumpy Old Benz had episode 206 earlier today. You got a cow, guy. I caught mm, a fair amount of that. By the I, way. I didn't catch any of it because, I mean... Wrap it, wrapping up work for the year and then getting out early to get the to get the rogue and everything. Mm -hmm. So I missed today's Grumpy Old Benz completely. Well, but from the title, it sounds like it's a fun listen. You got a cow guy. Angry Tech News, uh, also a Ryan Bemrose. I should say Hog Story is uh, Fletcher and Carolyn of the of Hog Story. Behind the Schemes is usually Lavish and Boobery. And I mentioned Malachi and Monty were on, who are uh, previous hosts of the show. Grumpy Old Benz uh, is Ryan Bemrose and Darren O'Neill. And, of course, Ryan Bemrose, who I believe is in chat right now, also uh, hosts Angry Tech News, the Angry Tech News podcast, which had episode 44, Multiplayer Scarf, out earlier. Bowl After Bowl had episode 214, Dundee Done the Internet. Crocodile Dundee? Dundee Done the Internet. And uh, you could find... A lot of news. They were covering the Brittany Griner stuff with more detail than anyone else. And so that's oh, my God. source for that. Um, if you don't like the story, you don't have to listen to it. But I, I do like the way that uh, Spencer and Lorian cover that. One, what, for me, the big, the big thing about Bull After Bull 
is uh, is when they're running down like uh, you know the shit stain, the cocaine shit stain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, all that, the all the Bitcoin news is always is always cool. Yeah, you'll be getting that from bowl after bowl. Um, now, I have a second podcast that I used to do with uh, Spencer called Ablecraft. And we're winding that one down. Uh, as a reminder to everyone, we have a final episode planned. It's going to be on Christmas Eve on the 24th. Um, no no time really set. So on the 24th, just uh, keep your eyes peeled on uh, No Agenda Social. We'll announce it as soon as we have a, uh, keep a time. Keep your ear holes open. Yeah, and you can listen to it live. Or you could listen to it on the on the uh, uh, RSS feed a little bit after that. But that, that'll be the conclusion to that podcast. We'll leave the feed up for... Um, a good while and probably find a way to archive it just so it's there. But uh, uh, the, if you haven't heard, Ablecraft is uh, retiring. The Dad's Anime Podcast, episode 95, uh, is out. It had the title. <laughs> These titles are really more like just lists of things. Asian Cartoon Movies NVIDIA, Full Metal's Best Anime List, Part 8. And if you haven't listened to Dad's Anime Podcast, I would recommend it because they actually talk about anime, unlike us. And we do talk about it sometimes. Yeah, briefly. So, um, that's that. Oh, I want to mention we did get some boosts in before the show. Uh, we had one from Boobery. We had 17,776 sats. That's his calling card. And Boobery says, tremble for me, Lady Liberty. And that's mm. it. So we get some value coming back. I like that. Yeah, it's that's a lot of always fun. good. You can send us a message through a boostagram. We'll read it on the show, too. So before we before we wrap up, I just uh, I just I was looking through the list of what's coming up next season in anime, and so you remember Near Automata? I do. The game, yes. yeah. So there is a uh, there is an anime adaptation that's starting in January. Yes, yes. For those for those who enjoy their big titty robots but don't want to play them, hmm. a lot of a uh, lot of sequels uh, next season as well. But there's also uh, Spy Kyoshitsu, which apparently is a show about a, uh, a spy in training who is absolutely hopeless. And the big one for me, because I enjoyed the original Four Coma so much, is, uh, Tomo-chan is a girl. Tomo-chan wa Onanoko, which is, which is a, uh, rom-com about a very tomboyish girl and... Her and the clueless guy that she's been attracted to for years, her childhood friend. Mm. So this this is gonna be this is gonna be funny. And remember remembering the original manga is gonna be it's gonna be occasionally physical as well, because I don't mean like bow chicka well well, I mean like <laughs> punch bang ouch. So is this studio Lay Deuce? Is that the name of the studio? Lay Deuce. Is, Lay Deuce. Or Lay Duque. Le Duce. Maybe it's Le du yeah, Le Duce. Le Duce. So, so, may so maybe it's a uh, maybe the studio is named after, uh, Guy after Le having sex with Mussolini. I don't know. <laughs> Le Duce. I think it might be uh, Guy Le Duce. Oh, ho, ho. Uh -huh. oh, you come here. <laughs> oh. How you do it? You have a good time at the show. Oh. But yeah, for those for those who for those who like uh, who like being bullied. Uh, Nagatoro-san second season is uh, coming up. I did see that. I, I'm not going to watch it, but I saw that it exists. <laughs> now, yeah. there's one that I have on here. I don't know if you're going to mention this. I want to bring this one up and... and uh, mention it. 
Trigun Stampede. Uh, I, I've heard some things that make me question whether or not it's going to be any good because apparently, apparently Crunchyroll is part of the production committee for this one. And Crunchyroll and Funimation, uh, especially now that they are, they have the same owners are pretty fucking paused. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to judge it before it comes out. You don't know what they're going to do yeah, with it. it. It might, yeah, it might be good. I'm just, I'm just really concerned uh, on that aspect. Well, you know, Trigun was a giant manga and uh, just larger. What, what are these massive titles in the the catalog that sold really well uh, and continues to be popular to this day? So, seeing a, um, a, I guess it's a remake. Yeah, it looks like it's a remake of some sort. A mod, maybe a modern uh, remake of the story. Uh, I'm yeah, interesting to there was there was apparently a lot that was cut for the original for the original series, but I mean at the same time it could be it could be like the the FMA situation in reverse. <laughs> All right, I'm looking at this PA Works title. You do I I need to. Keep, Keep reading this list because you never pick out the stuff that catches my eye. Buddy Daddies by PA Works. Two professional contract criminals are up for their biggest mission yet. Taking care of a child. This <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, you know, they could have got Ice Cube to play one of these guys. <laughs> Man, could you imagine that Ice Cube dubbing anime? Or, or was it Ice-T? Who is doing like RV and Are We There Yet? You know, those crappy movies, the family movies. So it should it should be Ice-T and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Contract criminals. And they have to be Mr. Moms. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what? I think, I think, no shit, I would actually watch that. Yeah, it's actually. It, uh, it, sound, it sounds like a hilarious concept. It looks like these are, um killers like assassins you know suit wearing professional assassins and, yeah like uh, agent 47 like agent 47 type at least one of the guys looks like that so interesting <laughs> staff i don't know the story is written by i don't know someone who's done nothing that i'm familiar with character designer i like to click on some of the production staff and see if there's anything that catches my eye oh, oh bacano there you go same character design of Bakano. Did you ever see that one? No, that, I didn't. Oh, that was a great um, kind of 20s, 30s gangster anime. It, it took place in a gangster's paradise. That is to say, like a, a version of Chicago, I think. Some, if, if you imagine gangsters in well enclosed with like um, <laughs> as opposed to naked in green suits with uh, with hats. You know, doing corrupt deals in a city. I like. I like to imagine. I like to imagine gangsters in maid uniforms. <laughs> no, this is. Let me read it. Uh, it's New York City. It's the Italian criminal syndicate in uh, New York City in 1927, and it's a pulp fiction kind of. There's a lot of different stories. They're all running in different directions, and then as the series goes on, you realize that they're everyone's on a collision course for the same thing. So it's they do the kind of the parallel stories that as they 
it's not like Pulp Fiction in, in the fact that time is shifted all around, but it's these stories that as you learn more, you realize how interrelated they are and it gets... Like that episode a, like that episode of Simpsons with that grammar-correcting robot that Lisa built. Mm. And all the different storylines all come together at, in the climax. It's a fantastic story with some supernatural stuff, some gangster stuff, um, some some kind of... Oh, so I don't want to spoil it, so I will not say any more. But it is a fantastic show with a fantastic soundtrack, and uh, I don't think that any of the gangsters are maids, but you know they have a particular. They have a couple in there who's the, um, who's like the, it's jacuzzi splot, and there's a and uh, another girl, and I can't remember her name. They have these oh. crazy names. They're like the incompetent robbers who are just completely dumb, but they and they. <laughs> totally deserve each other but they seem to always get away with it you know they're this great comic relief duo um so i like that like the wet bandits kind of like the wet bandits except they things work out a little bit better for them they never meet a kevin McAllister in new york it's much too early for him you know <laughs> cold acid back in the day before kevin McAllister cleaned up this city we own this town <laughs> Anyway, when it comes when it comes to gangster maids, I've got Akiba made sense though. Anyway, <laughs> even though it's it's coming to an end. Well, speaking to coming to an end, I have one more thing uh, I wanted to bring up. I've been playing this game called Merry Clickmas. Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad. You remember Cookie Clicker? I remember Cloud Cow Clicker. Cow Clicker. I never played Cow Clicker. Is that like cow tipping? No, it's not like cow tipping. It's a clicker app, right? Where you just you just click on the cow. It was yeah, essentially it was it was created as a uh, as a parody of clicker games that ended up taking a life of its own. Yeah, and was it everyone was trying to click the cow as much as possible? They had a counter or something like that. And when it something got to like a billion that. clicks, everyone's clicks kind of got pulled together. And when the world clicked one billion times or something, then something went. And the game ends. Yeah. For everybody. So this is Merry Clickmas. is a Christmas-themed clicker game. So I have to get out now because it's the last show we have before Christmas. And I've been playing this. It, you you have two things. You can click make toy or you can make click wrap present and then try and get as many presents. Eventually, you can hire elves to do your uh, – to do your uh, making toys and wrapping presents for you and present wrapping machines. And, you, you know, it's all about the achievements and upgrades really. So Yeah. It's a total time waster game. I've been going. I have 187 million presents, by the way. Not to brag, but I do. And no, not to brag. Of course not. <laughs> my reindeer stall is decorated with everything. I've got candles, bells, ribbons. I've got a Christmas wreath. I've got Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. That's oh, the, wow. That's all three. They're not worth the same if they're not in a set. Um, <laughs> the icicles, Santa hats, lump of coal. I got all this shit. And I've got a bunch of upgrades. So I'm actually, right now, I'm going to hire, I just opened the 17th floor of my present uh, factory, and I'm going to hire 10 more elves. <laughs> Damn, that's a lot. Man, you were big on the elves, huh? Yeah, I've got uh, about 100, 170 elves right now. In my employ. Any of them, any of them actually human? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure about that. I checked. All right, no buddies. <laughs> no, no. I we we actually ended up watching Elf at my mom's place while I was there on the weekend. Oh, have you seen Fudanari Elf? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, you can watch that one too. <laughs> I don't have any Fudanari Elves. I just. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, well, that's the, but that's my little tip. I'm gonna put that in. I'm gonna read the your URL. Little, your little, your little tip is my, a Fudinari elf. My, my little um, tip is is um, play phrasing. this game. Play this game. Uh, it's. <laughs> I'm gonna read the URL because the URL is pretty awesome. It's digi- digitalchestnut.com slash Mary Clickmas. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have we arrived? I think I think we've more than arrived. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm taking my little tip and going home. Uh, I'll see you. Lude. I will see you uh, next year, Cold. I don't think we have a live episode until January. We don't have a live episode, but hopefully I'll see you before the new year in person. We'll see. Well, yeah, we'll find out. Indeed. All right. Until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Stay fruity, boys. Wrap Adios. those presents. <laughs> Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't